Hi, everyone. Before you begin to listen to today's episode, I want to let you know that gun violence is at the top of the conversation, particularly the tragic event that happened in Buffalo. We recorded this episode before the horrific tragedy in Uvalde occurred, and we have many of the same feelings surrounding this recent tragedy. I know that things are heavy right now, so I also want to remind you that if you're in need of support or someone to talk to, you can call 1-800-662-HELP, 1-800-662-4357, and they will be able to connect you to resources. Hey, Brown Girls, it's Ashanti, host of the Brown Girls Guide to Politics. Welcome to a bonus episode with our season sponsor, Fair Fight Action. Fair Fight Action brings awareness to the public on election reform, advocates for election reform at all levels, and engages in other voter education programs and communications. Today, I'm joined by Sianti Stewart-Reed, Executive Director of Fair Fight Action, and Esosa Osa, Deputy Executive Director of Fair Fight Action. I hope you enjoy our conversation. We have a special bonus episode with Fair Fight Action. Just really thrilled to have these women here today because we got a lot of timely and important things to talk about, and they are at the forefront of it. So I will first have Sianti introduce herself. Hi, Ashanti. Thanks so much for having me here today. I'm so honored and thrilled to be the executive director of Fair Fight Action and to speak with you and your audience today. Ashanti, thank you so much as well. My name is Asosa Osa, and I am the deputy executive director of Fair Fight Action. First question, there is a lot going on in the world from voting rights, the fall of Roe. We just had a racist anti-Black shooting in Buffalo, targeting a community. What is on your mind during this time as we have so much going on in the world and being leaders at the forefront of it? How are you feeling in this moment in time about everything that's ahead? I'll share what I told our team, which is that I'm as sad as I am angry about the shooting and the loss of 10 Black lives and three additional folks who were injured there and the community that was intentionally victimized in Buffalo. I just want to say that we have to continue to support Black folks in Buffalo because when the media leaves and the attention is gone, it's important that we stay in community with them as they try to respond and rebuild. I think about the neighborhood I used to live in that seems so much like this community in Buffalo, right? The one grocery store that makes your neighborhood not a food desert. And the like older Black folks who shop there all the time and go there on their shuttle and the folks who are just stopping in to pick up something for dinner that day. And so this community feels familiar to me and I feel that in my body. And I also know that Black communities in this country have been and have shown incredible resilience in the face of so much tragedy and horror. And so I know that that is also true about what will happen in Buffalo. But now is not the time for that. Now is the time for them to grieve and to heal. And what I also am thinking about is 
the courageous leadership that we need in this country to do real justice around gun violence and domestic terrorism and for white people to name and denounce white supremacy and use their privilege to fight white supremacy and stay invested in this fight because it's not going to go away easily and simply. It requires sustained work. And so I'm thinking about all of those things as I think about the Black folks in Buffalo and as they are trying to respond to this incredible tragedy. I love that word, Sianti, resiliency. And I remain in awe of Black strength and Black resiliency in the face of atrocities that are rooted in the very foundation of this country. And I wish for and hope for and pray for nothing more than grace and power and love for the people of Buffalo. And I think that in this moment, in these days, we have a duty. It is so important to speak with moral clarity and unity across communities with a strength that can actually and fundamentally carry the truth of what has happened. Our language matters. How we talk about this matters. Using words like racially charged or lone wolf, those words discount the Black experience. Those words do political work for white supremacy. So we have to be precise in our language and call out what has happened. This was a racist white terror attack by an individual radicalized by fascist and white nationalist lies that have unfortunately become mainstream in our body politic. And as you were talking about all of the issues that we are fighting, so many of these political terms like fascism and nationalism, they are rooted in power and control at their very core. And that's what I think we are seeing today. This is such an important moment for democracy. We have seen what this quest for power and control looks like, whether it be forced birth, immigration doctrines, denying personhood, whether it be voter suppression. It is grounded in that same thirst for power and control through hate and violence. And it has never been more important for us to meet this moment. And now is not the time to grow wary of this work. Both of you are so right. I say all the time, I'm just very lucky that I'm able to do this work, given everything that's going on with the Brown Girls Guide to be the president of Emerge. We had a primary last night. And right now, our alums have a 79% win rate. That's why we do this work, because I know that these are women who won their election last night because they care about these issues. But it's very apparent that elector in their community, they want elected officials who are going to uplift these values, who are going to legislate in a way that cares about all the people in the community. And that's also going to fight white supremacy. A lot of this has to do with power dynamics and the work that you all do at Fair Fight Action every day. You're changing power dynamics in the country. We're not here to hoard it. We absolutely share it because we want to uplift others. And Sianti, I would love to get your thoughts on what is happening at the Supreme Court. We're anticipating the fall of Roe. 
in a previous life, you worked at Planned Parenthood. You have had a firsthand view of how important reproductive freedom is, abortion care. When you found out about the leak, what was one of the first things that went through your mind having this up-close experience about the need for abortion care? I had the honor and privilege to work for four and a half years at Planned Parenthood Advocates of Virginia. And what I immediately thought about were the people who weren't clear about whether or not they were going to be able to access abortion even the next day. We anticipated this would happen, that Roe would fall, that this court was aligned to do this. And it was still shocking. And because of the way it happened, right, it was also jarring, right? We weren't prepared. I think about, you know, you get ready to hear these answers. You go to the Supreme Court, you hear them deliver this decision. This was not that. Our rights should not be given and taken away in this way, and definitely not at nine o'clock at night on a Monday. And so I immediately thought about the people who need abortions. And as we record this today, abortion is still legal in America. Let's remember that. And if you have an appointment, you should keep it. And if you need an appointment, you should reach out to your local abortion provider. If you're in a place like a Texas where they had already de facto banned abortion, reach out to the National Network of Abortion Funds because that is your right today. And I think this access to abortion question is still rooted very much in Black women's history. The history of gynecology is a history of testing on Black women. And so I was also struck about what does this mean about the need for consistent, accurate medical care for Black women? And I was also struck for all the people who are on the ground every day who are fighting for access. They need our help now more than ever because people are always going to need access to abortion. And we have to make sure that no matter what this court does, that we are doing what we can to help lift up people who are doing that work. So that's our local independent providers, our Black-led providers and organizations and Planned Parenthood, because we have to keep fighting back. We have to keep doing the work to make sure people have access to the care that they need. And to your point, we have to also find representatives and elect people who are going to represent our interest. Most people in this country believe that individuals should have the right to choose when, if, and how they become a parent. And that did not change because of what the Supreme Court did in the shadows of the night. And so if you need an abortion today, abortion is still legal. Go get the care that you need. What is happening in this country is wild. But we are also not the first, fifth or 15th country to experience a Democratic backslide and what Mm -hmm. it looks like. And this is what it looks like. Eighty percent of this country supports the right to an abortion. And one of our core institutions is about to cut that out. And in all of these countries, including this country, institutions so seldom save themselves. It's so hard to push back against the erosion, to have the language and the courage to do that. But I think we are going to have to stand up and fight and make sure that this Right is not eroded by a minority bent on power and control over our bodies, over our movement. We are at a critical inflection point in our history in the path towards freedom and democracy. And I am resolute. One of the things I've said so many times on the podcast 
especially post-2016, when we saw Trump get elected, is that we are going to see how fragile democracy is. And we have continued to see that over the past few years. And it's one of the many reasons why I'm so thankful for Fair Fight Action, because you all wake up every day to protect our democracy. We mentioned earlier, we got important midterms. Every year is an election year. I also like to point that out. Each election year continues to be more and more crucial. So tell us a little bit about what you all have going on at Fair Fight and how you're thinking about the midterms. What's not going on at Fair Fight? Mm. Right? Um, <laughs> we're sort of doing a little bit everywhere, at least. I'm incredibly hopeful about the midterms, right? I think the people of Georgia who in 2020 and 2021 showed their power are going to demonstrate that power again. This was not just a moment in time in Georgia. It is the way forward here. I think hope is always the right answer, but we're going to pair hope with a plan to make our dreams real. And so we're building lots of programs right now to do that as we're building volunteer networks to ensure that there are pro-voter voices participating in things like election administration. How are you responding to issues at our local boards of elections so that it's not just people who continue to spread disinformation in those spaces, right? Hearing from our voices, building out programs to protect voters, to protect election workers who have been besieged, to protect volunteers in this process so people can trust the process and be confident in the result. You know, we're building out programs with partners across the country to do the same. And, you know, we continue to help them monitor the issues that are happening in their state. Unfortunately, Georgia has seen so many different issues in voting administration. We're able to sort of provide that technical assistance to say, based on our experience, based on what we've seen and done, here's how you can respond where you are. How do we make everybody smarter together, right? Really build those networks together. And how do we respond to last year's omnibus voter suppression law in Georgia, which so many people have heard about? How are we getting smart now to be able to respond robustly for the rest of this primary season and for the general election? So we're building programs both here and with our partners across the country to make sure we have trust and confidence in this election. And so that when the results are what we like on uh, at the end of November, that everyone can trust that this process went well. And so that's a little bit of what we're doing here. Everything. A little bit everything. of everything. <laughs> So I do want to ask you both, what is exciting you about Georgia, across the country, the work that you're doing? What is making you be like, yes, I love this part and people are loving this part and we know that this is going to be impactful. So where in your mind you're like, oh, we're just killing it. We're killing it here. As opposed to thinking like everything we do are killing it. Yeah, I love so many, as I love so many aspects of what of what we do, I think we were tasked at the beginning of this organization, making sure that voters' voices were heard, especially those who have so often been discounted from this process. And what kind of strikes me this year about Fair Fight is that after all of these years, what gets folks on the team most excited, what brings like a, a smile on our face is when we've helped a voter. Whenever we can answer a question, whenever we can provide clarity on some poll book technicality issue, whenever 
someone comes back to us and says this was super helpful. An election worker says that we appreciate you sending us this information. When we can shed light on stories that would not have been covered otherwise, that's when we know that the work is good. You can tell from your smile. The work is <laughs> the work is fundamentally good. And it's so rare to be able to say that each and every day. And that's why I think it's such a privilege to work at this type of organization. The work is good. I couldn't agree with Sosa more. What folks know so much about me is I love to win. And so we're winning, too. So winning is always great, right? When we look to the municipal elections that happened last year, incredible wins across the board in Georgia. We're helping elect and also support more pro-voter progressive champions who are going to help us continue to transform the state and the rest of our country. And so I'm incredibly excited about winning. I'm also incredibly excited about the work that so many advocates and organizations have done in Georgia already Mm. to register millions of voters to turn out in our primary election. Early voting is off the charts. And Really, that's about the work that's long term that advocates have been doing for a long time to get people registered, educated and turning them out. And so I'm always excited when people are showing up and showing their power. And so I'm excited about that. I saw a tweet earlier this morning and someone said, it's just such a blessing to wake up every day and do work that you're passionate about. Mm. And I just had to like that because it truly is. And there are some phenomenal candidates on the ground here in Georgia that are running. Oh, for real? Yeah. I I haven't heard of them. (laughs) (laughs) I will point out, Emerge Georgia has almost two dozen of our alums on the ballot. Girl, say it again for the people in the back. (laughs) (laughs) Just get that in there. (laughs) Is there anyone who's really exciting you and that you think embodies the work that you're not only doing at Fair Fight Action, but work that you have done before coming to this role. Can you look at them and say, these are the type of candidates that we need who are going to stop Jim Crow 2.0, the fall of abortion rights, who's just really, really killing it? Look, I'm going to say Stacey Abrams. I'm wearing my shirt, BGG fam. If you know, you know. And our long-term listeners, they know. She is my ultimate shero. For good reason. Yes. For for phenomenal reason. I remember first finding out about her in college and was like, wait, sorry, who is this Black lady that's like super into sci-fi that's like (laughs) leading all this stuff in Georgia? And was so grateful in 2018 when I had the opportunity to join that campaign. And what I am so excited about is just how bold she is about the audacity of what is possible mm-hmm. and how, I've used this word before, resolute and, and resilient she is in, in this work. And I remember the very first type of event I went to before I was on anything and seeing these like young two, four, six-year-old Black girls in the front of a crowd looking up at Stacey Abrams grinning from ear to ear as she gives phenomenal speech. Oh, that's progress. So to be someone like myself that's so grounded in this work and wanting to make sure that we can improve the lives of Georgians across the board and folks in the South and increase their power, having someone like Stacy at the top of the ticket, I think is so incredibly exciting. I'm ready. Yeah, I mean, 
I recall what you said, Asosa, about needing folks who have moral clarity. And I think that defines Stacey Abrams, who is able to really just hone in on what is necessary and what is required of all of us. I am always in awe of her and incredibly excited to be even a little bit in the orbit of what's happening around (laughs) around it. Um, And I'm also like those little girls, like I'm a 40 plus year old woman and have never seen a black woman governor in our Mm -hmm. country. And like representation matters for all of us. Yeah. So I'm incredibly excited about what her leadership will mean for Georgia and for this country. She's been such a phenomenal leader already. And so it's so fantastic to be able to work at Fair Fight and support her. And in addition to Leader Abrams, again, someone who sort of gives that moral clarity to the work that we're doing is Senator Reverend Warnock. If you have not listened to his speech on the Senate floor about the need for voting rights, like you have to listen to it. He gave what I think was just the most clear clarion call for the need to do this work. He talks about voting being like a prayer. And we have to send him back to the United States Senate to continue to offer that kind of courageous leadership in that body. They need every bit they can get. And so sending mm-hmm. him back mm-hmm. is, um, is a critical part of our success in this country. And then we have B. Wynn, who's running for Secretary of State. We love B. We had B on the podcast. So Fair Fight <laughs> just endorsed B. We can tell you all about why you need a Secretary of State who wants <laughs> to, is committed <laughs> to elections and the future and democracy. So we're happy to be able to support her at Fair Fight, too. So she's going to make real change. I love B. I just got to see her at the Emily's List Gala, mm-hmm. where she got yes. the Rising Star mm-hmm. Award, which she absolutely is. I also love Reverend Warnock. We need his voice in the Senate. And I also like him and Senator Ossoff together because I'm like, these are also two very well-dressed men in yeah. the Senate. And yes. I would like for them to help out some of their colleagues. Yes. <laughs> and we know Leader Abrams has several books out where she talks about the lessons that she has learned on her career path. And I love the fact that she shares that information to help the next generation and doesn't hoard it. And I was telling her about it. I said, I would have given anything to have had this book when I was coming up in politics, all of the gems and knowledge that she dropped. So as women who are seasoned in their careers and who have done so much, what's one of your key lessons learned that you would like to share with the BGG community? When I was working as a volunteer in the runoffs in 2021, I did phone banking and helping volunteers. We were calling people to help them with their ballots. We did this report out at the end of the night. How'd it go? How were the calls? And at the end of one of the nights, one of the volunteers told a story and they said, this person was about to get off the phone and I could hear them talking to someone in the background. And they said, my God, these people are relentless. And (laughs) I thought, be relentless. The challenges are hard and they're steep, but take the time you need to like take care of yourself, but stay in it. Change is only going to happen if we stay in it. And so be relentless and keep going after it. I think that's what Fair Fight Action and Fair Fight does every day. We're relentless. We stay in these fights for the people of Georgia. It's hard sometimes, but it's also the only way we're going to make real change. So stay in the fight. And I love now Justice Katondra Brown Jackson's statement around, right, like persevere. Mm-hmm. I think one of the lessons that I've learned is to not let other people define what victory should look like for you. 
and to, especially as Black women, be very clear-eyed that that might look different than what the predominant belief system is and what the predominant belief system looks like. I think, you know, Georgia defines this. This is what we have been doing and the organizations and the people on the ground have been doing for so, so, so many years, way before 2018, is making progress and setting what victory looks like for them over and over and over again, regardless of what it looked like for other people in this country, regardless of how many people said that Georgia was not battleground, regardless of how many people Mm -hmm. said that we could not succeed in this state, we set our own measure of what victory looked like for us. And we saved the country. We put the first black senator and the first Jewish senator Mm -hmm. in office. And that was only, I think, possible because we set our own measures of what victory looked like for so long. I came out here in 2014 when I was working at the Democratic National Committee. And when I came back to the office, I told everyone, people need to stop sleeping on Georgia. Mm. I said, there's something happening there. Like, I saw it on the ground. That year, there were several Black women who were running statewide, lots of women of color running at the local level. I said, Georgia is about to explode. Georgia is going to be that state that is going to help us win back power. And we have seen that happen here in Georgia, and a lot of it in part due to the work y'all do at Fair Fight Action. So to close us out, from politics to voting rights to activism, what's one thing that the BGG listeners should know about right now? I would want folks to know that despite all of the hardship and pain and the moment that we are in, that there is real joy in this work and power in our communities. And we can never forget that, never let that go. Find what that joy means for you. Find that organization. Your passion has never been more needed in this moment in our country. And I love the way it's framed in the song that says, freedom is a hard one thing. And John Lewis always says that it, freedom is continuous action. You need to work for it and you need to fight for it. And every generation has to win it again. And so it is our time and it can be joyful. I couldn't agree more with the Sosa. The time is now. We need you. We need your talent and your skill and your joy and your passion. And we are incredibly powerful. Our power is why people are trying to fight back or trying to take back our progress. Mm-hmm. But together, we can continue to move this country and this, the state and this country forward. And we need everybody in it with us. Whatever your role is, right, it's not all the same. Right? It doesn't have to be mm-hmm. activism. It doesn't have to be advocacy. It can be something else. But find your part and find what is right for you and lean in there. And what did Cory Booker say at the hearing? No one's going to steal my joy. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So <laughs> I couldn't agree more that that's the way that we should approach this, what we're doing every day. Together, we're going to we're going to win. Yes. Yes, we are. Sianti Asosa, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for everything that you do at Fair Fight Action to help protect our democracy and to uplift women of color. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks to Fair Fight Action for sponsoring this episode. Thank you so much to all of our listeners. 
please take time to rate and review wherever you listen to your podcast. For more information on the Brown Girls Guide to Politics, you can check us out at www.thebgguide.com and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The BG Guide. The Brown Girls Guide to Politics podcast is produced by Wonder Media Network. You can find them at wondermianetwork.com. Until next time, Brown Girls.